Thank you for joining us for Community Night, the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio, with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife Elizabeth. miracles today and disbelieve tomorrow. It doesn't go hand in hand. That's why it's so important a couple of days after the resurrection to like, it's still true and we still want to live it. And like it happened to Jesus when he was walking all the time. Yeah, yeah, you gave, gave us bread yesterday, but what are you going to do for us today? And, and we don't really care so much who you say you are as, as what we want you to do for us. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Robert, he teaches you about the importance of expecting God to be who he says he is. Be expectant for miracles daily. Be expectant that the Lord will show up for you. His character never changes. He is your rock. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of James, chapter 4, as he begins his message, Draw Near to God. Something that's really important, I don't want you to hear the one verse that we're going to digest. Don't hear it through through ears of condemnation, but instead through ears of invitation. The, you know, this verse came to mind when I was praying about what the Lord, well, to be honest, what he had for me over the last several months. It's something that I was wrestling with. As I said, the complacency, the tendency toward complacency. And, and as I was, I restarted, it's been quite some time since I did the morning walks along the railroad tracks. And so I restarted that some time ago and, and just really crying out to the Lord about the condition of my own heart. And he brought this verse to my mind, James 4, 8. And as you'll probably see, it's one of those verses where all the treasure is not immediately um, visible to us on the surface. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded now, I mean, that, you sinners, you double-minded, it feels immediately almost like a, a slap. That's why we're going to dive into it. Yes. Because it, it, it does look like that, but this is one of those verses where when you see it for what it actually says and don't hear it through those ears of condemnation, you find a treasure that, that may surprise you. So, I mean, when you hear the word double-minded. Just, just think about what associations comes to your own mind. When you hear that, it's, it's, it's usually out there. They're double-minded, you know, but it's, uh, as the more we've chewed on this verse, the more convicting it is, but in a freeing way. It's not that we want to, like, take on scholarly errors or whatever. It's Several websites have this called an interlinear version, and it's just where you see the Greek and the English together. And it helps me always when I try to find out what is a word, what is a verse intended to say. So if you look at the very last word, 
it says in English, in orange, you double-minded, but if you go up, it says in Greek, something I can't pronounce, but di psycho, psychoi, however they would say it in Greek, di and psycho, that's what you hear, two, di, yeah, di psychoi. So it's, it's um, double-minded. And what it means is, I, I went to the, just to the definition of it, it literally means two and psyche, two souls, and or a double-minded. So what they say, it's like a person who is split in half, vacillating like a spiritual schizophrenic. And that's, that sounds so extreme when we're going to it, and it's only used two times in scripture. In this verse right here, and the other one is also in James, um, when it describes a man who prays to the Lord, but doesn't actually doesn't actually believe that God is good or that he will give it. He prays, but faithlessly. And it's such a, I mean, that alone is so convicting. But we're looking at it tonight to move away from it and to see how can we put a barrier to that, to unite our two souls and make them one. So the other place, James 1, 8 says, he's a double-minded man, same word, unstable in all his ways. And that is, again, referring to someone who prays and says all the right things, but in his soul, he doesn't believe it. In his soul, it's not what's true. And it's that dichotomy, that's that word again, dichotomy that, that God is after to free us and to make us wholehearted. It's... Um, it's a source of a lot of anxiety in our lives. Yeah, and it's cultivated. I mean, we live in a we live in a society as we exalt multitasking. We exalt that you can drive and scroll through Facebook and and brush your teeth at the same time. Like we think that that's we we have been cultivated to, to continually fracture our attention and therefore our soul in multiple pieces. And the thing that that I'm been learning in the last couple of years is that nothing is stagnant. So if I develop the habit of being not present, but double-minded, that keeps going. I become less and less able to be present. It is like I fragment more and more internally. And that's what God is like. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to, but you will have to take an active stand against it and live resurrected because everything about God, as you'll see tonight, is whole. He, is, he has integrity, which means it's the same thing through and through. There's not like a smile on the outside and a curse on the inside. It is through and God is through and through who he is. And he's calling us into that kind of integrity. So, I mean, that's, we have what it takes. That's what we celebrated, what, two days ago? We have the Holy Word. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Community to spur each other on. We have what it takes. Resurrection is real two days after Sunday. It's real tomorrow and it's real next year. And so we're trying to lay hold of how God says to live resurrected, which means living like he lives, right? And so the choice though, though we have everything, is still ours. And hist historically, people who have been given the choice and the resources don't necessarily choose this. One of, the, one of the personalities in the Bible that have fascinated me for a long time is King Solomon. And he had everything handed to him on a silver platter by God himself. Wealth and wisdom more than anyone ever. And besides that, he also had a father and mother who really trained him well. And who, because they made some really 
costly mistake themselves, trained him to be a good king, a king of peace. Shalom, Solomon, it's the same name. And he was trained for that. And, and his father, David, taught him what I think God is trying and intending to teach us from 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9, which says, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion. That's the opposite of half-hearted, double-minded. And with a willing mind instead of a divided mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. And the sad reality is that it is possible to have everything given like Solomon was and still not live up to it, not use it for good. Solomon is a terrible example of, of a privileged child throwing it all away. But it wasn't just him. Historically, it's, we've seen from the Old Testament, the New Testament, that people can see great miracles today and disbelieve tomorrow. That it doesn't go hand in hand. That's why it's so important a couple of days after the resurrection to like, it's still true and we still want to live it. And like it happened to Jesus when he was walking all the time. Yeah, yeah, you gave us bread yesterday, but what are you going to do for us today? And, and we don't really care so much who you say you are as, as what we want you to do for us. And God has contended with that from day one, since the Garden of Eden. And he's calling us away from that way of living, that double-minded way of living. In, um, I mean, right from the beginning when he led his people out of Egypt, millions of people coming out, having tasted slavery for 400 years, 450 years, and they're coming out. They've seen God do great miracles, and yet his indictment of that people was in Numbers 32, verse 11, none of the men who came out from Egypt from 20 years and above shall see the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. They were double-minded. They were not wholehearted. But there were two people who were the exception, uh, Caleb and Joshua. And God said about Caleb, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully. It's the same word as wholehearted. Him, because of that, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Thanks for tuning in to Community Nights, a ministry of Main Thing Radio and Calvary, Miami Beach. Pastor Robert and Elizabeth invite you to join them each Friday as they share from the scriptures those things that are important to the church, the church family, and the community outside your four walls. We're so glad you joined us. If you'd like to explore more of these messages or listen to Pastor Robert's verse-by-verse teachings through the Bible, visit MainThingRadio.com now. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You'll find a link on our website. We'd love to hear from you too. Let us know how Main Thing Radio has impacted you or someone you know. And tell us what the Lord's been doing in your life. You can connect through the contact form at MainThingRadio.com, through Facebook or Twitter, or just give us a call at 305-531-2730. Be sure to share any prayer requests too. 
we want to know how we can pray for you. That number again is 305-531-2730. We're coming to the end of our time with you today. Join Pastor Robert and Elizabeth next time for another Friday edition of Main Thing Radio.